Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. Good morning. Guess what day it is? It's Friday. Another impromptu last minute episode. And you know, I'm not beating myself up so much this time because last week's episode was recorded on Friday. Didn't post it until Saturday. Um and it ended up really great and I was really proud of it because I stuff came out of me that I was not expecting but I think that made for a more authentic episode a more hangouty vibe and I've been finding um, I'm listening to a new podcast by Mary Skinner called Prologue highly recommend I love her. I've been following her since 2020. I think she's so great for so many different reasons. I relate to her for so many different reasons. And her, on her podcast, a lot that I've noticed is just her giving life updates, which I guess was the purpose um, since she started not posting on TikTok anymore. And I found that really comforting to listen to in the morning just someone talking about their life not to say that there isn't obviously so much value in episodes with experts and people with fascinating stories but sometimes you just kind of want the more mundane updates on someone's life I mean that's why we're on social media right you want to be voyeurs and spying on people's lives and everything that they're doing and what their relationship is going through and how their kids are which is a little bit creepy, and I have been considering what path I'm going to take regarding Hawthorne um, on social media. But, hello. It's 6.30 in the morning. I woke up at 6. The baby woke up. I fed him and put him back. And lately, I have been going back to sleep after that, which has been great because there was a period where I was waking up and the baby was waking up and shooting up and being an early girly because I was anxious and I couldn't get back to sleep and I couldn't figure out why I was anxious. Um, But today I decided to stay up, not because of anxiety, but because I was awake and I just yearn for early mornings most of the time. I'm in my living room. All of the lights are still off. I do have one lamp in the corner, which is giving super cozy vibes. I'm in my big fluffy robe and fuzzy socks. The windows are still closed. And it almost reminds me of when I would be home during breaks when I was teaching. 
I'm I'm getting the same feeling that I got when it was like Thanksgiving break or Christmas break and you're either waking up before the hustle and bustle of the holiday or immediately after the holiday when you wake up early and everything's quiet and people are still like food hungover and you're anticipating a day of just wearing your pajamas all day eating leftover turkey sandwiches or you know Christmas dessert for breakfast and um, watching movies all day makes me even more excited for the holidays speaking of the holidays okay we are moving soon I've talked about it a little bit on social media I think which is great moving is great um you're supposed to have a house (laughs) it's very hard to have a house at this age in this time it's even more hard to have a house where I live where everything's eight million dollars so our we are getting a new build it's an hour north and to our surprise, they're ahead of schedule. We thought we were going to be moving mid to late October. We thought there even might be a chance that we would be doing Halloween in our current place. But our closing day is September 26th. And I don't know. It it all still feels so up in the air because it's a home and it's different than the apartments and rentals that we've lived in where there's a specific move-in date. Your lease starts, your apartment's ready, move in. Um, You don't really get that with the home. Like, yeah, you have the closing date and you fill all the paperwork, but are all, is everything ready with the house? And also there's not like anyone telling you that your lease starts or you have to move in by this certain date. And we're living with my dad. Well, my dad's um, building right now. So there's not like a specific date when we have to move out. So everything's kind of up in the air. I've packed zero things. And I'm frankly not processing the fact that we are going to be moving. I don't even know how to process the fact that we're moving because I don't want to move. I love where I am, though I do know we have to move. And I think it's exciting that we're going to have a house that I can decorate and you know, put roots into and have a garden. And also I don't like change at all. I love routine. I love waking up every day, doing a routine, knowing exactly what to expect. When I was younger, actually, I've always been like this. So when I was younger and I would fill out those like little quizzes, like personality quizzes in J14 or Tiger Beat or Seventeen Magazine, Cosmo, anytime it asked if I was like routine oriented or spontaneous, I always put spontaneous. It wasn't the truth, but I desperately wanted it to be the truth. I wanted to be, um, I don't remember what her name was, but Blake Lively in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, like wild, not really caring about anything. That's never been me and that's not me. And I'm, and I'm cozying up into that. Um, so we haven't even packed and I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what, where to start, what to expect, how this is going to go, when we're going to be out of the apartment, how we're going to travel up there. Is it going to be over a course of a couple of weeks? Are we going to go up there and like paint some rooms and put in some wallpaper and do some basic upgrades before we move in? Um, I, 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 I don't know. And that makes me very uncomfortable. 
I think that we need to get through this hump of birthdays first. Happy September, by the way. It's my birthday month. Uh, my birthday is next week on September 7th. Hawthorne's is on September 9th. We are having a Peter Pan themed birthday party. And I think once that's done, there's going to be a period of just quiet, settledness. And that's when we're going to come up with a game plan for moving. And I've also talked a little bit about how these last two weeks have really overall been so fantastic because I'm in a low work, you know, non-busy season in between stage with work. I have a lot of projects coming up, like starting next week which is such a blessing again like all of everything that's hard is also such a blessing for so many for so many reasons and just like across the board um i was going to be working on two projects my boss approached me and said that she had two more projects for me and asked if i would think that i had the time to do them and if not let her know and she'd get someone else no problem and that was really hard to consider because I know how stressed out work makes me because I'm such a perfectionist and I really want to impress and I really yearn for words of affirmation and I really want to go above and beyond all the time. And that's those are unrealistic expectations, but I put them on myself. It's from childhood and it stresses me out and I, I don't prioritize my husband. I don't prioritize my child and I especially don't prioritize myself. However sat down with Robbie. We knew that we had to come up with a game plan. And let's be honest, like all of these projects are going to make me a lot of money, which we need because one of my friends is getting married in Spain next year. <clears throat> and we, we've got zero savings for that. So um, I, it's a really great opportunity. And though I will be stressed, I know that we need to do it for our family, and I know it will be a good challenge for me as well. So um, we are actually going to be flying in Robbie's mom to stay with us for a week and a half during the middle of November, which is when I think the um, the projects will reach kind of a crescendo. I'm going to be doing work on either end, but I'm I'm getting anxious thinking about that. I'm getting a little anxious thinking about that just because it's it's looming over me. Like there's nothing I can do about these projects right now. Like we're waiting on stuff from the client. We're waiting on meetings with the client. So there's nothing I can do, but I have all this work looming ahead of me and that's kind of clouding my enjoyment of right now, which isn't fun. Don't let the um, uncertainty of tomorrow steal your joy from today but all, all of, I'm bringing all of this up because it's also another factor variable in this whole moving thing so we have a season where we're going to be moving I don't know when I don't know how I don't know how long it's going to take and I'm going to be in the middle of these projects and let me also just say I am I'm a Libra moon I'm very much about the aesthetic, the cozy vibes. I feel comforted, emotionally comforted when I'm in my perfectly curated space. And I don't want there to be a time where I'm having to like 
work out of an empty, undecorated house on either end, whether that's in this apartment or in that house. So uh, it makes me feel icky. That's what happened when I was in college and I was moving out. I had like three days um, in between classes ending, having taken down all of my stuff in my apartment to get ready to move back down south and graduation and just sitting in my room with no decor, no TV. Um, like, I don't even think I had my internet at that point. I was so bored. I had no idea what to do and I felt so icky. It really affected my mood. So uh, there are lots of variables coming up and a busy season coming up and I don't know how it's going to go. I'm hoping for the best. And I actually spoke to my therapist, Queen Regina, about this. And it was one of those sessions where you go in saying, Regina, I really don't know what I'm going to talk about today. This, I don't, they say that, this is what I said, to say that the best therapy sessions happen when you come in with no agenda and you have no idea what you're going to talk about. Um, but I don't know if that's true and I have no idea what to talk about. So fair warning. And of course it was true. I don't know how the conversation started. I think I was talking about my stress about work coming up and how this is, this is how it went to my epiphany. The stress of work coming up and knowing that when I'm working and when I'm going through, like when I'm in the thick of these projects, um, I am so stressed and I feel so much guilt. Like I don't mind the stress on my own. It's sucky, but like I can deal. I don't like that the stress takes me away from my family. I have been so enjoying and feeling so purposeful by the fact, with the fact that since nothing is going on that's generally stressing me out, my brain and my emotions can be completely present with my husband and with my son right now. I have had the best time just laying in the bed with him, watching him giggle, touch things, like throw pillows up and down, watching him hug the dogs, sitting on the floor with him and like playing with toys and just staring into his eyes and being completely there without having to think of other things that I've had to do. I have been loving being able to have that family time with Robbie as well and sit on the couch and watch TV and talk about our friends and talk about what the new house is going to be like and talk about, you know, things that are going on in his work life and what the future plans are going to look like and ruminating, not ruminating in a negative way, but like having reflections on our past, our past and what our future is going to be like and and things that are going on in our life and it's just been so beautiful and when I'm working and when I'm well not when I'm working but when I'm in the thick of these projects um I I can't do that because my brain is always somewhere else my brain is in how many more job descriptions do I have to write what could be getting done now that is not getting done now 
what if I sent job descriptions to my boss that have a mistake and I'm going to feel like a failure because of it? And even if I do force myself to sit down with the baby or with my husband to be present, I'm not present. My brain is just thinking about all of those other things. Let me give you a breakdown of what my projects look like. So I write job descriptions and I work for a boutique HR consultation firm. And it's it's a whole compensation consultation sort of program. I have a small part in the grand scheme of things. When we work with a client, we sometimes, if they choose, will overhaul their whole um, all of their job descriptions making sure that they're updated, they have updated language, they're ADA compliant, they are um, so many different types of compliant, they're easy to read, they're they're focused, they have all of the necessary information that an employee would need and that an applicant would need. They all have the necessary information that would be needed to assess um, an employee's ability to get a raise. They incorporate the feedback of the employees that are currently in the position to make sure that if their job descriptions haven't been updated in 10 or 15 years, they adequately reflect what the person in the position is actually doing. And it seems, I mean, I've gotten it down, like it's it's pretty straightforward, but it's also incredibly, incredibly detailed. For example, one of the questions that I'll ask a client at the beginning of one of these projects is, do you want periods in your essential functions or no periods? Do you want uh, this language standard across all job descriptions? What do you want the header to look like for everyone? And do you want this capitalized or not capitalized? And if there is like a rogue period somewhere or... If they tell me that they want a standard bullet that goes across all of the job descriptions to say um, improve areas for improvement instead of correcting deficiencies, then you better bet your bottom dollar every single job description better say areas for improvement instead of correct deficiencies because if they catch that in one, we're, I'm, I'm screwed. If there is a rogue period somewhere and they said no period, I'm screwed. So it's pretty straightforward. And also it takes a lot of meticulous combing through. And that's the part that makes me really, really stressed. So I can't be present with my husband and family. And I feel so much guilt for that. And I don't want to feel so much guilt for that. And I I also feel guilt for feeling guilt because while I, yes, have a job and I'm working and I'm stressed and I can't be present with my baby and I want to like give him hugs and spend quality time with him and I can't, I also have to realize I'm already so privileged to be working from home. And even though I can't be sitting on the floor with him staring into his eyes with no phone and no electronics and no distractions, if he falls and cries in the house, I'm the one picking him up, or Robbie's the one picking him up. I have access to him all day. If he walks into my room, I can give him a hug and tell him that I'm going to hang out with him later. And not a lot of moms have that opportunity. So I also feel guilty for feeling guilty. 
And then we continued to dig and I continued to talk and I was doing this like stream of consciousness out of body, have no idea what I'm actually talking about, rant with Regina. And I think to myself, I don't know where this uh, kind of yearning to be a mom like this comes from. Why do I feel guilty for working? Because my mom went back to work very quickly. She needed to for her mental health. She was somebody who, if she's in the house for too long, she gets incredibly depressed and she can't be the best mom that she could be. So she was eager to get to work. I had a nanny from a very young age. My dad was always at work. Work was valued in my house. So why do I feel less valuable or like I'm doing less valuable work by working as opposed and as opposed to being a present, you know, non-working mom, which is in my body what it feels like right now. I'm feeling guilty for not being an essentially completely stay-at-home mom. Where does that come from? Because that's not what it was modeled. For me, work was always very valuable. We were always very grateful for my parents to be working and providing financially for the family. And as we continued to dig, we got to some some deep stuff. I, as an only child and with two working parents, often felt second to work. My mom, who's my best friend and was always my best friend, always prioritized work um and not not that she didn't prioritize me but I mean I think that was the result of what happened and it wasn't on purpose there were so many times when I would look forward to one of her days off which would either be in the middle of the week or more often on a weekend which is when this really got bad and she was so stressed out at work and I would say mom this weekend, it's going to be you and me. We're going to watch movies and we're going to get appetizers from the Target Frozen section and we're going to sit on the couch and we're going to have so much fun together. And please do not open your work computer. Do not look at your work phone. Please turn it off so we can be together. She would promise and promise and promise it's going to be you and me. It's going to be you and me. I won't look at my work phone. Sure enough, Saturday would roll around, Friday would roll around, and First thing in the morning, she would just take a peek at her phone. Mom, I told you not to look at your phone. You're going to get all wrapped up in work again. She would say, no, no, no. I'm just checking emails. It's not a problem. I'll be with you in a couple of minutes. And then every time it was the same thing. She opened her phone to check her emails. There was an email. Something needed to be changed. She pulled out her computer. This is when I knew things were kind of like going out the window. She'd pull out her computer, have to sit and completely focus on her work, fixing whatever mistakes she made, updating whatever needed to be updated. And then she got so in the zone and was so stressed out about it that even when I said, can you please take a break? Can you please hang out with me? I kind of, she kind of got snappy. And then inevitably she would go into her office because she would hit a roadblock on her computer and would need to be in her office for something. She would leave. She would swear that she would be back in an hour or two, and she wasn't back until nighttime. So it was, and 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 then same with my dad. Um, after school, he would pick me up from school when I was younger, and I'd come back to his office. 
and just sit here in his office while he was doing work. I couldn't bother him. So while I was, it was long for me, both parents working, and I thought that was always so valuable, I realized that there were all of these emotions that developed around probably my self-worth, which is something else to dig into, but a feeling of not being as important as their work. And so I think where all this guilt comes from is that I don't ever want my son to feel like he's second to my work. And so every time I do an activity that is reminiscent of my parents, where I'm hiding away, completely focused on my work, so stressed out about work when I'm not working that I'm kind of testy and on edge when I'm not working. Anytime I do something like that, I I think that I feel so much guilt and fear because I fear that it's going to repeat the pattern. And in the grand scheme of things, you guys, it's not. I'm, I'm aware enough to know how I want to parent, what I want to do differently. A couple of weeks, like a small season, a small busy season of these projects is not going to screw up my kid. I know that I don't want that I don't want my son to feel what I felt. And I think that's enough to know that it's not going to happen because I'm aware of it and I'm and I'm actively trying not to do that. But the guilt is still there and the shame is still there. And it's just fascinating that growing I grew up in this one way and I was very adamant about never being a stay-at-home mom. I'm not even going to get married until I'm 30. I'm not even going to have kids until I have my own therapy practice established. If I have kids, why would I be a stay-at-home mom when I have all of these wonderful gifts and attributes that I can contribute to the world and I'm just going to leave them, what, at home with my kids? I was very much anti-stay-at-home mom and now I'm in a place where I'm very much yearning to be a stay-at-home mom and when I'm not in that stay-at-home mom role where I can wake up and I don't really have anything to do except what my son wants, what I want, what my house needs. I forgot how I started that sentence but that's like the only time that I feel completely embodied and myself and and present and like the best mom and the best wife and there's nothing wrong working moms and stay-at-home working in the home moms so valuable so important modeling so much to your kids and I don't know I'm just this is all still fresh and I'm working through through it and working through this epiphany that wow I the reason that I value so much the opposite of what was modeled for me is because I felt a little bit emotionally neglected and I don't know what to do about that now like I have so much support a huge busy season is coming up I am going to be acting in the way that my parents probably acted a little bit you know with a lot more awareness and with a lot more awareness when my son comes to me so I can be a little bit more present with him and not you know not do or say or act in a way that makes him feel second, even though he's only one and probably doesn't even notice. Um, I 
even though that is going to be happening. I have a husband who's at home, who works from home, who is able to readjust his schedule so that he can take on more of the baby carrying load during the day, during that time. I have my wonderful mother-in-law flying in and take care of the baby and give him so much love and attention during the time when I'm working and they can build their personal one-on-one relationship, which is beautiful and imperative. And everything is going to be fine. But that was a, that was quite the epiphany that I was not expecting to pop out. So it's essentially, I'm, I'm parenting myself through parenting my son and try. And I think that's what a lot of us are doing, right? With, with our kids is we are trying to honor and love on and protect our inner child as much as we're trying to love on, honor, honor and protect our child's child. <laughs> we'll see how that continues to shake out over the next few weeks as I move, as I work. Um, yeah, thank you for listening to that and letting me process through that a second time. Maybe some of you feel the same type of guilt that I do. Maybe some of you are equally as confused by your desire to be a stay-at-home mom when that's not at all what you wanted or envisioned for yourself growing up. Maybe some of you are rekindling or discovering a relationship with your inner child that you never thought was there before. I'm here for you. I see you. If you follow me on social media, you know I've been sharing significantly more about how I support my health and wellness naturally and with the gifts that the earth has provided to us. Whether that be by eating beef liver every day, getting my feet in the earth and eyes in the morning sunlight, or meditating with my crystals, you guys always show curiosity and sometimes even do it along with me. But if you've really been following along, you know that I've been using and loving Young Living's essential oils for years to not only make my house smell yummy, but to manage my anxiety and depression, lift my spirits, fix bug bites, ground, manifest, detox my house, balance my hormones, aid in my digestion, you name it. Whether you're seeking a moment of tranquility after a busy day, needing assistance with arthritis, inflammation, chronic headaches, or even just need some assistance with soothing your new baby when you're at a loss, Young Living's essential oils are your answer, and I'm so confident in saying that. These concentrated plant act extracts have been used for centuries to promote well-being and balance in both body and mind, and Young Living's oils specifically go through strict third-party testing and must qu- pass the highest quality standards before they're placed in your home. They are the only oils I trust to use in my home, on my body, and most importantly, around my baby. If you're new to essential oils, but thinking they might just be something that would support your health, I'd be so happy to make a wellness plan for you, chat with you through uses and benefits, and give you all of the extra perks that come with making a shift in your life. If you're a seasoned essential oil pro looking to switch to a high-quality brand with strong values and ethics, use the link in the show notes to shop around and use the code SHAREYL for an extra 10% off. Either way, Slide into my DMs for extra perks, gifts, and money back before ordering. These oils will change your life, and I'm so grateful that I get to spend my days using the magic of plants to support my body in working optimally, as it was meant to. 
Click the link in my bio to explore all that Young Living has to offer and shoot me a DM if you want to get started. I would love nothing more than to be your new oily buddy. I love you. Now, back to the show. Okay, let's talk about fun things. What should I call this segment? Media I'm consuming, things I'm loving. I don't really exactly remember what the order was last week that I went over and what topics I covered, but let me tell you what's what's taking up my free time in the best way these days. One, podcasts. We can do hard things. I have a rotation of probably six or seven podcasts that I love that I listen to religiously. We can do hard things. Lennon Doyle, Abby Wambach, and sister, if you know, you know. Um, I love this podcast. I think it comes out twice a week. And it's essentially every week, like a roundtable discussion between these three amazing women. You've probably heard of them. Uh, Glennon Doyle. She wrote Untamed. You've probably definitely heard of Glennon or of uh, Abby Wambach, who is her wife and a U.S. soccer star, Olympian, and um, Glennon's sister. And this podcast just makes me feel so cozy. Like, I'm, it, this is a podcast that feels like a hug. And the reason that I'm bringing it up this week is because they went on like a season hiatus, which they haven't done in like two years, but they went on a season hiatus and they're coming back out with their season two episode today. And I'm so thrilled because this is the podcast that I listened to during my evening walk with Hawthorne. And they are so life-giving. And I struggle with a lot of the things that Glennon struggles with when it comes to body stuff, anorexia, bulimia, uh, just general food stuff, high anxiety, big introvert, (laughs) loves reading. So that one's a good one to listen to. And there are lots of episodes already. So if you're someone who loves to sing to a new podcast and loves to binge those podcasts, that's definitely someone that I recommend, one that I recommend. I'm still reading Wish You Were Here by Jody Pitbull. I only have time really to read before bed now and in the bathtub. Dude, Jody, my girl, she never gets it wrong. She's on the same level, in my opinion, as Taylor Jenkins Reid. She can write the seemingly most mundane storyline based on the synopsis. And you get into it, and her characters are are characterized. They're built so realistically, going through such relatable situations and thoughts having very relatable and normal and like mundane and also just typical conversation and there's kind there's like always a twist in the book that you don't expect like these aren't supposed to be thrillers this isn't supposed to be a mystery these aren't supposed to be you know books that have a typical twist and they like always do and I'm so impressed every time. If you know, you know, with when you were, uh, wish you were here. But I just mouth on the floor, gasping, don't know what's coming next. And I've just kind of been rushing through the second half of this book because I need to figure out what happens at the end. She's wonderful. I think the next book that I'm going to read, though, because this one was about COVID and it was pretty heavy, 
I'm going to read a book that was recommended to me by one of my state state followers, Cackle, because I'm also in a witchy book era time as I prepare for the fall. Cackle, um, she, I'm not saying it's traces higher. I think it's about a girl that has witchy powers that goes to a school for witchy powers. I could be totally butchering this, but the grand scheme of things is it's funny it's quirky, it's relatable, and it's cozy. And that's all that it took to sold me to sell me. Um I'm loving drinking my Ningxia every day. Uh, if you haven't if you don't follow me on Instagram or if you haven't been watching my stories every morning with my apple cider vinegar wellness shot, I drink Ningxia as well, which is a superfood antioxidant um, supplement. It is pureed wolfberry, which is the same as goji berries. I know you've heard of them. And then, you know, other healthy red fruits, pure, like plum, cherries, I think. And then a combination of essential oils in it to support whole body wellness and stress and sleep and energy levels and brain fog. And I'm doing this little challenge with myself where I'm trying to drink it every day for 30 days and then stop and see what changes I notice. I don't even know if I will stop because I already crave it if I don't drink it first thing in the morning. But And then stopping because you don't know how good a habit that you do is until you stop. <laughs> because all of the positive changes that happen in your body happen so gradually that they become the norm. And then once you stop and those changes that you had gotten used to start to go away, that's when you realize how important the habit is. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen if I don't drink it for two or three days in a row. And I will be reporting back to you, but it's super delicious. I actually drink it twice a day. I drink it in the morning as a chaser for my apple cider vinegar shot. And I drink it at night in my Sleepy Girl mocktail, and I've been loving it. Everyone, I've had it before, and it's very delicious, but everyone says the trick is to drink it every day consistently. So that's what I'm trying now. And then finally on TV, we are still watching Cruel Summer, trying not to binge it. I think we're on episode four. The mom kind of stitches me out, and... Megan and Isabella obviously are giving me sketchy vibes. Were they both dating Luke at the same time at one point? I know they both had separate things with him, but now I'm thinking there's something, some kind of three, the ruffle. God, it could be totally off base, but there is something odd, odd there. I have no idea what happened. Um, I'm just as confused as I was in the first season of Cruel Summer. So continuing to watch that. I'm not much of a TV person. I do love having Shit Freak or New Girl on in the background when I'm cooking and add some comfort while I'm eating. But other than that, I'm not really watching TV all day. Oh, I've also been watching Swamp Kings. I know Gator Football is just like not it right now. And, you know, the John Brantley season really prepared me for that. So that's fine. But watching Swamp Kings and remembering the golden era of Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, Brandon Silas, Brandon Sykes, um, Chris Rainey, 
Percy Harvin is just getting me all hyped and I love it. And I don't want Robbie watch it before bed because I get too excited. We have to only watch it during the afternoon or else I won't be able to go to sleep. Okay, that's it, you guys. Thanks so much for listening to my epiphany that I had with Regina. Thank you so much for listening to me talk and talk and talk about my anticipated anxiety that I will have with these projects. Please keep me in your prayers. We will um, hopefully have a new guest on next week or the week after though you might also get me again and i hope you enjoy hanging out with me as much as i enjoy hanging out with you i appreciate you i think you're great and i hope that you have the best day ever Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Misty and loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.